Hey, podcast family. Did you know that on May 2nd and 3rd, 2024, our 3D Growth Summit is happening in Nashville, Tennessee? But in-person tickets are already sold out with nearly 400 attendees. But you don't have to miss out. You can get exclusive access to our live stream and post-event recordings for just $395. Yes, you heard that right. For a single fee, you and your entire dental team can learn from our industry leaders with online recordings available after the event. So secure your spot now before it's too late by visiting www.3d-dentist.com slash 3D Summit or give us a call at 855-332-2285 and get your tickets for the live stream and event recording today. Now, let's get to this week's episode. Welcome to T-Bone Speaks with Dr. Tarun Agarwal, where our goal is to change the way you practice dentistry by helping you achieve clinical, financial, and personal balance. Now, here's your host, T-Bone. All right, everyone. Uh, Welcome back. Today, what we're going to do is something a little bit different. I have Dr. Matthew Snipes of Columbus, Ohio, his team member, Laura Kogan, and Cassie Bercher. That's with an R in the name, okay? Just so you guys know. Um, uh, Matt, you guys are from Columbus? Yeah. Uh, why do you show up late to my classes? Um, you know, I, I can only take the game by myself. Um, today, I, my only excuse, I listened to this. So we had a late flight yesterday. Delta decided to push our flight back an hour and 45 minutes. For so no reason. Somebody? Do I know somebody? Well, they said they were holding it for somebody. I'm assuming you know whoever that was. I didn't know, but you know? I'm going to call to find out. <laughs> uh, no, so we were late the first day. Uh, second day, the handout, the course handout with the itinerary said... Oh, you, 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 cannot, starts at you cannot believe anything that's written on there. Because I changed <laughs> things. Like, Hutan, is it... Hutan, listen, in fact... Like, what day did I send that to you? Like, today, the course started Saturday, so I must have sent that to you, like, Wednesday. Wednesday or Tuesday. So, Wednesday, I sent him a thing saying, this is what we're going to be doing at the course. And Hutan sent me a message back, says, are you sick that you would put something together? Because he's never seen me actually even put a schedule together for any courses. I just say, we'll show up, and I'll lead the way, and we'll figure it out, Okay. So um, the fact that you listen to that uh, really concerns me. Maybe I should not put things in writing anymore. <laughs> no, no, I apologize. So I don't apologize. I'm not going to put up with it. That's please, Laura. What's going on? Nothing. Laura, how long have you been with Matt? Uh, three years. And where were you before that? I was a teacher. Like legit teacher? Yeah. I know why you left that. They only make like thousand dollars a year. <laughs> what were you teaching? At the time, kindergarten. Dude, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Like, why would you want to teach kindergarten? <laughs> she came to an office that doesn't have any kids, so that's probably why we're like. Like, you don't see her. kids in your no, office? Not really. Laura, no. what do you do at the office? I'm the office manager. Okay, what does that mean, by the way? Um, Such a generic. I, ba- description. I basically <laughs> do everything that's non-clinical. <laughs> yeah. I thought office managers were there to hire and fire people with the doctor they want to. Do you do that as well? No. No, Matt. Do you do all the hiring and firing? Uh, a lot of hiring, I guess, but not much firing. Not yeah. Much. See, that's you know, you know what Lori told me. Once when I when she came on and I was talking to her about things, she goes, you know, it's not about who you hire, it's about who you fire. And usually the problem is, is we don't make bad hiring mistakes, we make bad firing mistakes. Mm-hmm. And typically we hold people too long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am very guilty of that. Uh, I'll typically hold on to people probably about six months before I'm finally fed up, maybe nine months even. Uh, and then we finally let them go. 
And I always look back and say, God, that was crushing me. What's even worse to me is that the other team members are going to say, God, I was waiting when you were going to do that. I'm like, well, why didn't you just tell me? It would have made it easier for me. I say, why, why wouldn't you just do it for me, for God's sakes? Make it easier for all of us. But, um, you know, and then Cassie mm-hmm. with the R in the last name. Yeah. Cassie, what's your story? I've been a, de- a dental assistant for like four years now, going okay. on five. Where were you before that? I've been with two other offices. So when um, you say four years, four years in Dr. Matt's office? No, four years Total. in the dental field, yeah. Okay, how long have you been in Dr. Matt's office? Two and a half. Two and a half years? Almost yeah. Three. How'd you end up there? I was looking for another job, uh, for another office, and uh, his office appealed to me. They have all the latest technology. And was that important to you? I wanted something newer because I eventually want to do EFTA, so mm-hmm. I don't want to and what go is, off of old practice. What is EFTA? Uh, expanded Functional Dental Assistant. So what does that mean in the state of Ohio for you? I can pay, place fillings. Anything basically. else? Can you do root canals? I get, no. I get, more, I get more pay. But. No, how, who said you get more pay? Everybody. <laughs> So, you know, pay, I hope so, but, right? you know, but pay is based on your productivity to the office. Sure. Okay. So just because in my, in my world, just because you have a title mm-hmm. doesn't mean that like, for example, I'm a dentist, correct? Right. So if I went back to be an assistant, should I get paid like a dentist? No. Okay. So titles to me at the end of the day, don't really mean anything to me. Your, your, your compensation should be based on the value you bring to the office. Sure. So ultimately, all right. I mean, I think I would be worth a pay raise. I'm pretty good at, <laughs> at what I do now. And I mean. Wow, Matt, this is awesome. I said brutal <laughs> honesty and we got it, dude. You are S-O-L. Okay. And then I've, uh, so anything else? What else do you do? I mean, what besides what brought you there? So the technology brought you there? Yeah. And I mean, just again, his, his methods of practicing. I mean, that's something that I want to do and provide patients with. Like, is it I, very different? from where you were at? Uh, yes. Yes and no. So the first office I was at, yes and no, because the doctor was his age, so he did a lot of the same And his age is how old are you, Matt? I'm 36. Okay. His age being 36. And then, so my second office was a lot older. Like, they had just went to digital x-rays when I was there. and That's such a big um, technological still, leap well, for them, right? Well, you know what I mean. You know <laughs> what I mean. But they had a lot of ways of, like, practicing and doing things that it was nice because I see, saw how things were done and like, it's just going forward. I would never use those methods and techniques anymore. I mean, okay. it's, it was kind of cut and dry for me. And as can, as why do I have you here? I don't know. <laughs> why? Because I just, we, every group needs a person that Donald Trump's trying to kick out of the country. <laughs> <laughs> so why would we not have Hutan here? Sure. Because he is that Persian that looks like the Mexican. Yeah. That's right. Okay. So he's a double whammy. <laughs> okay. So we're all here together because uh, these lovely people showed up late to our Seacat <laughs> Air workshop, uh, sleep in the Seric practice workshop, and um, I overheard them kind of talking about the implementation strategy when they got home, and I said, this is a very common issue that offices face. Mm-hmm. Listen, you come to a program, the first thing, Dr. Mack, congratulations for coming, thank you so much, and also congratulations for bringing a team, you know, um, because at the end of the day, you recognize that it won't go well if you don't have your team with you, okay? Yes. So I heard them over talking about, hey, what are we going to do? Who's going to do this? How is it going to work? And I said, honestly, that would make for a great conversation on the podcast. So let, let's talk about that. Whoever wants to start, uh, you know, let's start asking the questions. What are your concerns? Let's start with this. Did you, like, do you guys like the course? Yes. You sure? I you did, can say yeah. no. 
I did. I found it very informative, and I thought you as a speaker was great as far as um, keeping us entertained. And but Hutan didn't keep you entertained? Everybody did. Don't lie. Everybody Hutan's did. boring. Okay? I'm not as good as you, too. I mean, I, I will say, honestly, uh, Melissa did the billing. Like, that, for me, was probably the least. Yeah, but that's your assistant, right? <laughs> but exactly. That's not yeah. my Laura, what did you area. think about that part of it, the billing part? It was fine. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Fine? Yeah. Oh, good. Informative? Yeah, it was informative. Okay. Informative. It was kind of dry, you know. Yeah, so. yeah. see? <laughs> you guys are dry, dude. I mean, it's medical billing for the people. Exactly. Like, yeah, how can you make it okay. fancy? <laughs> Matt, any questions or concerns from you? Uh, no, I think you hit on it. It's just we're already doing so much in our normal day. And what is so much? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so much, and, and it's relative, right? So in, in our practice, one of the things that drew me to, to, to what you do is I've heard your podcasts about being PPO and, and unashamed, and that's what you're going to do your business. And, and where we are, we're exactly the same. We have to accept PPOs. PPO patients have J-O-Bs. That's what I say. They have jobs, man. Um, so we've gone through the transition of coming to the realization that we're going to be a PPO office. It's just the way we're going to do it. So we've had CIRAC, and now we have Home Beam, and it's just, it, Next does a PPO office normally have those things, and can they make them work and efficient? And, and relatively speaking, we are a, oh, a mid-level practice. We're not, we're not killing it. We're not destitute, but we are busy throughout the day and taking on something like medical billing and, and sleep apnea and, and all these different things that we talked about over the weekend is going to be a challenge. Okay, so what is your range of services now that you guys are providing in the practice? If I'm a patient that walks into your practice, what, what can I get done? I do not do molar endo. Any particular reason? Uh, I'm just not very good. It's not my forte. You couldn't learn? You couldn't practice? I could. Um, it just it doesn't interest me as much. Okay, as what if your patient needs molar endo and it keeps them from doing a full mouth case? Tough call on that one. Okay. Yeah, but those are the things that happen, right? Sure, sure. Okay. Um, no, molar endo is something I don't offer, and I don't do impacted thirds. Okay. Um, pretty much everything else is fair game. Soft tissue grafting? Uh, yeah, no, sorry, other surgical procedures. I, okay. I do carry down across the street that I refer okay. to as well. What about oral surgery? Do you do, when I say that, do you do some bone grafting, socket preservation, things like that? Yes. Dental implants? Yes. All right, restorative work, you know, crowns, fillings, all of that. Yep. Any type of sedation in your practice? Just oral sedation. Well, why, sedation. why do we say, like, just oral sedation? Oral sedation is pretty damn good, man. No, I think it's great, um, and it's all I ever want to do, but uh, I, I do not do... I don't ever say that's sedation. all I ever want to do. You don't know that. <laughs> pretty, uh, You're limiting yourself. You're getting old at 36? <laughs> far enough in my ways to understand who I am, yeah. Okay. All right. That's good. All right, so what are our challenges, Ladies, let's talk about what are you what are you worried about? So typically it's not the dentist that's the problem most of the time, okay? Uh, what I see is the dentist comes back fired up mm-hmm. and then the resistance comes from the people that live in the trenches. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that would be you and Cassie and you Laura. So um so talk to me about that. What was your let's start with you, Laura. Um what was your initial big hurdle or concern that you have about how we're going to make this work? Well, I mean, I think I'm I'm already really busy, and okay. I... I thought office managers sit in the back of the bottom All <laughs> right, twiddling my fingers. I mean, I, the medical billing side of it is very interesting to me, and I, it's a challenge that I'd want to... Okay. Uh, do you think you can start doing it? or do you? But think I, my worry is that the, the, the time it's going to take me to figure it out, okay. it's going to take time from away from, away from okay. other things that I'm okay. already doing. Well, I, I want to set the stage real quick. I didn't ask this. I apologize. Uh, how many team members do you have, Matt, total? We have five. Okay, so so we have we have Laura as an sorry Laura as an office manager, Cassie as an assistant. What else do you got? We have two hygienists. Two hygienists, so that's four. And another assistant. And another assistant. So you have two hygienists, two assistants, and so basically you run the front alone. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Well, the assi- I mean, Cassie's does she when she's not busy yeah, but, in the back. Yeah, in a perfect world, you should be always twiddling on teeth, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So there, there lies part of the challenge, right? Okay. So we have that. Okay. All right. So when are you going to get time? So my initial answer to the medical billing would be: the good news is, in my world, I believe your minimum ask I would ask of you is to do eligibility checks to be able to do those while a patient's in the chair or in advance. And I would say outsource everything else, okay? Uh, that's where a company like Hutan, and of course, you know, there are other companies out there, but Hutan's great. They can do pretty much everything for you. Um, and that way, we can take that off your shoulders. Mm-hmm. They'll do eligibility checks as well, but they won't do it while your patient's in the chair, okay? And, or mm-hmm. to me, that is the challenge. Mm-hmm. Now, you can avoid having to do it while the patient's in the chair, by pre-screening your potential patients. We talked about that in the course, about going through your schedule and hygiene, looking at the medical history, looking at some of the photographs that you may already have, and saying these are our likely candidates. And then you can turn over, they can send you a list of patients with their cards, and you can do an eligibility mm-hmm. check. And if they sent that to you two days beforehand, would yeah, you be able to... Yeah, that's what Laura and I was talking about. I was saying the offices that we find are probably the most proficient using us are the ones that capture the medical billing insurance information over the phone. Mm. So they schedule an appointment two, three, five days out. You well in advance of them coming in already know what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And so you that kind of gives all of you an upper hand, uh, even you to some extent as the doctor, because now if Laura tells you, hey, doc, this patient's coming in. They were saying this X, Y, and Z on the phone. By the way, they have no deductible. Changes a little bit of the urgency factor. Mm-hmm. Right, what other, go ahead, Cassie. Well, I'm curious with that. I like that idea, but was, is that something that you, uh, would recommend doing more so for like existing patients that are more likely to come to an appointment? Cause I wouldn't, we used to verify dental insurance in advance. Um, and we found out that, um, it's co- sometimes a waste of time verifying insurance for a new patient, say, to not show up. Yeah. So, so here's how I would look at it. I would say, A, if you're outsourcing it, who gives a crap? Right. <laughs> right. <It's> right. Not- <laughs> It's the truth, Hutan. Just let the free train hit me. <laughs> I mean, who gives a crap, right? Yeah. Um, and and then, uh, so I, I, that's what my answer would be. My answer would be, if you're outsourcing it, sure, okay? And then uh, then my other answer to that would be, logically, what I would say is, new patients, you're not going to have photos. You're not going to have medical history on them. You're not going to be able to pre-know right. which ones are potential patients. Right. Which ones are potential. So it'd be recalls anyway. It'd, really? yeah. anyway, okay. okay? it'd be recalls anyway. Okay. It'd be recalls anyway. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're outsourcing in, that's the benefit of an outsource. And Hutan, is there a charge to your customers for that? No. So currently, eligibility checks are part of your service. Yep. All right, great. All right. What other questions you guys keep going? Keep going. We've got questions. I, I heard I you guys a question, though. Yeah. Why would you have said that new patient's not showing up? That's a little bit more of a concern. That caught me. Why is that an issue? To the point Honestly, that, I'm not sure. I don't know if it's actually an issue or if it's something we potentially think is an issue. It's uh, not a great issue. It's of, not, but... We've been averaging yeah, 52, 53 new patients a month for the past year and a half. And, I mean, realistically, we lose probably five or six of them off the screen. Okay, so 10%. That's not, yeah. that's not a big... That's, that's not an issue. That's, that's relatively normal. You're probably happy you lost them. All right. <laughs> Just saying. That's what about getting your hygienist on board? Do you think that's going to be hard? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Talk to you about that, Cassie. Well, I've actually already talked to Dr. Stipes about this and kind of expressed my concern is we have one hygienist who's very stuck in her, just kind of wants to show up and clean teeth for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. I hate if that sounds rude, but 
she just kind of wants to show up and do yeah, that. She, and might, be, have, she, might, when she, she might listen to this. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, but we have hey, another hygienist who will do, I feel, pretty much whatever we ask of her. She's a, she's a, she's yeah. a team player. She's probably a little less experienced. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like we're, we'll have a little bit of difficulty with one, but maybe not, a, not okay. the other. I mean, I think a, one solution would be to in, prevent incentives. Yes. Yeah. So, but what, yeah. Okay. So, so let's talk about that. <laughs> so, so, so here's my. Oh my God. Sorry. So here's, here's my question on incentives. Last time I checked, having a job is your number one incentive, <laughs> right? So people like I think you had asked me or somebody had asked me about incentives this weekend, and what I said to them was I turn around. I turned the question around. Okay. So I would say to you, Laura, what would be an incentive that makes you work harder than you already work? Because I know you give 100% already. But what if I want 120% out of you? What's your incentive? What, 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 what makes you tick? Money. Money. Okay. So be more specific with me. Okay. How, how, much, would, how much would make you tick? Another $100 a month? $200 a month? What's the number? I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay. So, so look, I'm being tough now, yeah, Okay. Yeah. Because this is what I do. Okay. Right. So to me, when you say money, it's a generic answer because either, either you're uncomfortable telling me what the number is or you don't know, right? And if you truly don't know, that to me is a concern because you should know, right? Mm-hmm. What is the number that you're after, right? Just like you mentioned, uh, Cassie, you had mentioned that you want to make more money, right? Sure. As an EFTA. Yeah. So I'll turn the question around on you and say, what would be the incentive that makes you, that would, that would resonate with you? Would it be money? To become an EFTA? No, no, just for the sleep. Let's for the, just, uh, yeah, an yeah, uh, uh, incentive is always money, yeah. Okay, money. Well, no, no, not always. You know, so some people, uh, incentive uh, is time off. Okay. So just the knowledge of okay. also this. It's another thing that I would be able to, yeah. I don't know, another service I'd be able to provide. Maybe. Yeah. You know, um, I think also like I'll, I'll give you examples, right? Because the bonuses and incentives are something that all business owners struggle with, not just dentists, mm-hmm. all business owners in our motel business. We struggle with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. We assume as business owners, everybody is uh, motivated by money. Okay. And that's not always true. Uh, I went to one team member once and they said, listen, I don't want more money. I just want to work four days a week mm-hmm. or I just want to work three days a week. And ultimately, I think the number one thing you can do as a team member, okay, to help your doctor out is to say, listen, this is what motivates me. And you got to be specific. The answer money doesn't mean anything to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say this honestly, like $100 wouldn't motivate me to do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, $1,000 probably wouldn't motivate me at my position to do anything. Okay. But if I said to you $1,000, what would you say, Laura? <laughs> that would motivate you, mm-hmm. right? So, see, that's part of the problem, okay, is when as a successful business owner, everything becomes relative, and we've lost touch with reality so quickly sometimes <laughs> that we don't know. So as, as a team member, you have to give direction mm-hmm. if you want something, because if you don't give direction, you're never going to get it, okay? So if you came to me, and I, I can speak for Dr. Matt here, okay? I'm going to take, take a little risk here, okay, and speak for him. <laughs> If you came up to with a plan that said, this is the number additional we want to make, he could come up with a plan that said, this is what it would take for us to get there. Now, you may not like the answer, okay? But at least we would have a defined goal of what it takes. And at least he would have a defined goal of what his team is after. But the word money doesn't, it doesn't answer the question. The word time off doesn't answer the question. There has to be some specificity with that, right? And I learned that one day because I tried to put together a bonus plan and I tried to make everybody $2,000 extra per month, Mm. okay? And to make that happen, the the number was astronomical. 
And in, in turn, what I did was I demotivated the team mm-hmm. because I made something that they said we're never going to reach. Mm-hmm. And, and one day I was sitting down with somebody just randomly talking and they said, why does the number have to be so high? I said, well, you know, I'm trying to get you guys a couple of thousand dollars a month. He goes, who said we want that? Yeah. Right? We just, like she said to me, I'd be happy with $200 a month. Mm-hmm. I said, really? <laughs> but, but listen, that's the reality that sometimes we live in, correct? Mm-hmm. So I said, wow, I mean, that, that would be a much easier plan for me to put together. So what I would say to any, any of you, any team members listening to any doctors listening is, is when somebody said, when you, when you think about incentive programs, think about what your team wants. Okay. Find out what your hygienist wants. Maybe they want to see, I don't know, how many, how many patients do they see per day, Matt? Uh, eight apiece. Eight apiece. Maybe they want to see seven and a half patients a day. I, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know how you cut a patient in half or whatever. But, um, maybe it's something like that. Okay. So, so that, that would be the thing. And the other thing I would say, the last thing on incentives is I would always say that the one lesson I've learned is I do not give money up front. Uh, I, I give it to after it's been earned. In other oh, words, yeah. after we see the fruits of our labor. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, then, then certainly uh, everybody deserves that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, all right, let's keep moving on. What else we got, Matt? What are your concerns? Uh, just to stay on the topic of uh, hygienists being on board okay. and getting them to educate and, and show patients the benefits. Okay. Uh, one of your suggestions was just have a sleep study done, a yeah. sleep screen mm-hmm. for them or their significant other, um, and then they're going to get on board. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, podcast family. T-Bone here to talk about the 3D Dentist Digital Implant Continuum. Are you ready to start placing dental implants but feeling a bit hesitant and or overwhelmed? I know that feeling. I've been there. Let's change that together. Imagine not just learning about dental implants in a classroom, but actually performing surgeries on real patients right here in North Carolina, guided every step of the way by our expert 3D mentors. This is dental implant learning at its best, using techniques that are safe, predictable, and confidence-boosting. They're exactly what I use in my own practice, so you know they work. Our course goes beyond clinical skills. We prepare you to successfully integrate high-demand implant services into your practice, transforming your career by attracting new patients and elevating your practice. And it doesn't end with the course. Completing our program is just the beginning of a new journey. You'll be a part of a community of confident, skilled dentists with ongoing support to ensure lasting success and growth. After all, this is about mastering a skill that can transform your career just like it did for me. So, are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Visit www.3d-dentist.com, check out our upcoming sessions, and join us to revolutionize your practice. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now let's get back to this week's episode. Yeah, if, assuming, especially if it's life-opening for them, eye-opening for them, right? So here's what we know on that note, okay, is that we know that statistically speaking, it's suggested that 1 in 15 adults have sleep apnea. And what we found out today in a room full of uh, socioeconomically and dem- demographically upper-end people, uh, what was our number today? Okay. 10, 10 out of 12 people. Oh, yeah, that's right. 10 out of 12 people had obstructive sleep apnea mm-hmm. and AHI greater than 5. And I think for some of the people, which one of you were tested? Me. You. Mm-hmm. How, what was it? What was your number? Your number came back at what? 0. 0.7. 0. 
0.7. You're useless to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dr. Matt, you got tested. Your number came back at? Mine came out really high. I was a 28.6. 28.6. And would any of you, after what you have learned, th thought that he was a 28.6? I mean, I definitely thought he would have sleep Some, apnea, yeah. but right. I didn't think his number was going to be that high. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a pretty high number. In fact, yeah. that's higher than my number. And physically, we are two different character characters, right? I mean, you're not remotely as large as me, okay? So, I mean, th those are things. And I think, to me, the beauty of it is when you extend the test to your team members, one, they know what it goes into taking it. Two, they know what the results are. And three, it's eye-opening, mm -hmm. okay? Because skinny people have apnea. Big people will not have apnea. It's amazing what you'll see. And then the harder part is on that is to then go ahead and treat those people so they see the benefits of it. Because when you speak from experience, so like have you had a filling or something done by Dr. Matt? Yes. Okay. Does it make you have greater appreciation for what he does? Yes. Have you had some dentistry done by him yet? Not I yet. Think so. Mm -mm. You have virgin mouth. Uh, that's mm. good. So um, it'll get you a greater appreciation of what he does. And the same thing applies there. Uh, so you can motivate them by educating them, getting them on board. And the other thing that happens is um, what I'll tell you is you want to share the success stories of your practice. So when you have successful patients and they come to you and say thank you and things like that, make sure you share it with the team in the morning meeting or share it with them at the monthly meeting or whatever it is that you're doing so they can see not just from you, but more importantly, from their colleagues. Because at the end of the day, you're their boss. You're not their colleague. Their colleague is going to be Lauren Cassie. So when Lauren Cassie say, wow, this made a difference, unbelievable, we saw this, they're going to have a tendency to believe it more coming from them than necessarily coming from you. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, in their eyes, it's for you, it's all about being mean to them and making them do more work, <laughs> okay, and making more money for yourself. Um, you know, that, I think that's uh, an easy, relatively easy solution there. Hutan, you got anything to add on bringing hygienists on board? Mm -hmm. What else, Ms. Cassie? What are your concerns? Um, I mean, I think those were the biggest two for me, um, just to kind of... Uh, elaborate a little bit more on what Laura was saying is I think a lot of us kind of feel like time-wise and what we're doing might be maxed out. Like how can I possibly squeeze any more work into what I'm doing in eight hours? I don't know. Maybe it's just delegation or prioritizing more or I don't know. Maybe that's the... So how many hours do you work, Cassie? Do you work five days a week? Um, yes. And Dr. Matt, do you see patients... Four or five days a week? We normally see four days a week. Sometimes we spill over and, and okay. do a little bit on Fridays. So do you, what, would you say that most of your Fridays are free from him? From him, yes. I mean, okay. I go in and I do office work. Right. But yes. Yeah. So you have, you, they're, they're, they're less hectic days. Absolutely. I mean, when you yeah. don't have 20 patients. Absolutely. Those are my 20, easy days. When yeah. you don't have 20, those are your, like, great, let me get my, oh, my junk Oh, I can done. go in whenever I want. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, you get your work those done, are my right? favorite days of the week. Yeah. So, um, so what I would say is... All right, let's, let's start by considering making one day a month our sleep day. Okay. Okay, maybe one Friday a month. That way it takes the pressure off the everyday thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, hey, because you're really what your question is, is listen, dude, I got fillings, I got crowns, I got this going on, I got implant cases, I got non-molar root canal cases, mm -hmm. you know, I got all kinds of stuff going on. But how, how in the hell am I going to fit the sleep suddenly? Especially if you're trying to do it the way I advocate, which is pull them out of hygiene to make it happen, right? Right. I mean, my, my motto is make it happen, okay? Right. So I would say to you, then you know what? Then don't don't necessarily take what I say to heart about doing it straight out of hygiene, mm -hmm. but take it to heart saying, you know what? Let's schedule you on a Friday. Okay, so let's make one Friday per month a sleep apnea day. Yeah. So it reminds me of when I started sedation. 
Okay, so when I first started doing oral sedation, I was like, man, my patient's going to die. I'm going to have to get up and go do hygiene checks. They might die in that five minutes I'm gone. You know, any number of things could happen, right? Right, yeah. So what I said to myself was, okay, I'll do one Friday a month of all sedations. Okay. Okay. And what that allowed us to do was to get our systems in place. Mm-hmm. You know, what is it going to be like? Does it work? Does it doesn't work? Could I go do a hygiene check? Could I not go do a hygiene check? Right. All these fears that I had. Right. Okay. And those normal fears. Okay. Uh, so, so what happened was we got our system down. And then I, one day I said, you know what? Let's do Thursday. Let's stick one in on Thursday afternoon. And the next thing you know, we were able to do it. And it's like, oh, that wasn't that bad. And then next thing you know, they started to say, okay, if we did it there, what if we did it on this day or that day? And next thing you know, it's just an everyday occurrence. But it started by having that, you know, this is our day for this procedure. Right. That way, when you see patients, and in a way, you sell it to your patients by saying it's a special day. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mrs. Jones, Dr. Matt has chosen to have this, this Friday dedicated to just this type of treatment because that's how important it is to him. Right. Okay. And and you sell like it that from idea. that mm-hmm. you sell it from that perspective. It's yeah. that day. And here's the worst thing that happens. You come in and there's one or two patients every other hour you get some work done. You work on your practice, not just in your practice as a dentist. Maybe that's the time that you can spend some time with your team about talking about other ideas. It's you know, I tell uh, my team members I, I said sometimes I just want you to come sit next to me in the, my in my office. And the, you'll ask me a question and I'll say yeah, everything's good. And I said, just sit there for five minutes. Wait, wait for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what will happen is, is I'll just start talking. Mm-hmm. And that talking will turn into some conversation, some idea, something that will come out that you don't like, something that will come out that I don't like, yeah. something that you're doing well, something I'm doing well. And then suddenly communication happens and we start nipping things in the bud. Yeah. So that's the worst thing that will happen if you come in on the, would you be okay coming in on one Friday a month to do this? Yeah, I do. I do similar, but yeah. you know, dedicating a day to sleep apnea. Makes perfect sense, yeah. especially when we have the availability on those days. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does take away a lot of the pitfalls that we are concerned about. Yeah. Just managing a busy schedule and adding to it, it might not get implemented properly or thoroughly. And um, this way you'll get you get your systems in place. Right. You'll figure out the pitfalls. And who cares if it happens on a Friday? Right. Right? It's not the end of the world. You, you know, you're not that busy. You don't have, I assume you're not going to have hygiene going. So that's the worst thing. You don't, don't, I don't know how Ohio works in terms of whether you can have hygiene or not without you there. But, um, you know, don't have hygiene going necessarily and just really make it a day for sleep. So it puts minimum stress on your team and minimum stress on you. And it's really a special experience for your patients. Yeah. I agree with that. What else we got? There's got to be more. There's always more. I think uh, one thing that would benefit us would maybe um, building out another op for a consult room or um, something like that. Because right now we have two hygiene rooms um, and two hygienists, so they're each stuck to one room. Mm-hmm. And then we have two restorative rooms, which so I will... So your cooperatory is built out. Correct. Okay. Um, so you I'll have typically have, you know, I'll see one patient in this one and have my next one ready so to go. So you don't Exactly. Okay. So if we ever did want to, you know, pull someone out of hygiene to do records um, or something like that, we ha- really have nowhere and to go. And heaven forbid you ask your hygienist to do records. That will never happen. <laughs> <laughs> heaven forbid you do that. No. <laughs> yeah. They, they make too much to take an impression or no, take I mean, some pictures. You know, it's very interesting you say this, okay? So, um... I just took my hygienist out of the hygiene chair for two days a week. She was working four days in the hygiene chair, and I took her out for two days a week. Mm-hmm. And I put her in um, in a treatment coordinating position. In fact, initially, I put her in the sleep position. Uh, and they, she herself came to me and said, not that I'm not good at this, but this is uh, I, can't, I can't split this with Liz. 
Okay. Because she'll see some patients sometimes, and I'll see them sometimes, and there's not a continuity of care. Oh, sure. But, but here's what I would say, okay? And I want you to hear my logic out on this. I'm not saying to do this, but I'm just saying to think about the logic of this, okay? So in a typical PPO practice, Laura, what would a hygienist produce on a good day? A thousand? $1,000, okay? So they work four days a week? Mm-hmm. So that's $4,000 a week, correct? Mm-hmm. Hutan, what is a typical reimbursement in the state of uh, Ohio for a sleep appliance? Uh, anywhere from about 1200 to 2500 So let's call it two grand. Is that safe, sure. fair, safe, safe. fair to say? Absolutely. So your hygienist could see in four days, how many, four days, how many patients are they going to see? 32. Okay. So they could see 32 patients and produce four grand, or they could see two patients and produce four grand. Right. Okay, so when you when you make comments like that, I'm not attacking you, but I'm saying when people make comments like that, what I look at is at the end of the day, I don't care what your title is. Mm-hmm. What I'm looking at is what is your value to the practice. Okay, so I looked at Megan one day and I said, Megan, what's your goal? What motivates you? She goes, Well, I'd like to make the money of five days working four days. Okay, so she wants her cake and she wants to eat it too. Right? Absolutely, yeah. So Megan, no problem. Here's what that would look like: you produce the equivalent of five days. In four days, you can work four days. I'm happy to do it. Yeah. Okay? So she said, well, I, and I said, you can't see any more patients you're already seeing. You can't squeeze 45-minute appointments. You can't do that right. kind of stuff. That, that's right. Because that changes the patient experience. It changes the whole dynamics of the practice, correct? Right. So she said, well, how do I do that? I said, you just got to find a way to do more expensive procedures. She goes, well, I mean, I only have so many choices. I go, yeah, then you got to look outside of hygiene. Mm. Okay, yeah. and so we looked at that, and we looked at put we put her in a treatment care coordinating position because she knows our patients, she does treatment planning for them, she follows up with their care, and all of that, and, and that's a very valuable position in our practice, yeah. you know. And then that also means that she has to take impressions, she has to do serum compressions, she's learning and she's getting better at that. She has to run this three D software. She's do she's pretty damn good at that already. So those are the things that we need to learn. So, you know, sometimes to hygienists listening listening or doctors that have open hygienists that you can talk to is don't get stuck that you have an RDH degree and all you can do is scrape teeth. Mm -hmm. There's so many more ways that you can be productive in the practice as well. So um, that's hard. But what what were we talking about before I went on my soapbox? (laughs) Oh, yeah, I don't, know. I don't even know what I said. To I, just, like I just keep talking. Hey, didn't you guys figure that out by two days? Ago? <laughs> just, talking? just any more hurdles or barriers? Yeah. Or anything so, Hutan, okay, what about some simple things that you can do to create awareness? Okay, so let's talk about it. Our workflow is simple, right? Let's test you. Laura, then Cassie, okay? We have a four-step workflow. Laura, what's step number one? Oh, this one's easy. He just said it. What? Awareness. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we got to create awareness. Right? I would have gotten that. Cassie, you should have given me that one. <laughs> um, diagnosis. Right. We got to we got to get our patient to a diagnosis. Yes. Our third step will be financials. Financials, which is medical billing and or an internal payment plan to make it affordable for your patients. And Dr. Matt, the fourth step would be treatment. Okay. So in my life, in my world, I think Dr. Matt needs to only be involved in the treatment part of it. Okay, he should walk in and just agree and do all of those things. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that means we have to focus on awareness. So let's talk about an implementation plan for awareness. What are some of the things that we can do right away to create awareness in our practice that's easy to do? Change medical history. Okay, so Mm -hmm. add, change, add to our medical history. Mm -hmm. Create a sleep medical history. Yes. Do you wear a CPAP? Yes. Have you ever been told you need a CPAP? Have you had a sleep study before? Do you snore? Maybe add the stop bang with the Epworth sleep score to your patient paperwork. Yeah. Okay, and that's just not new patients. 
that's also when you mm -hmm. update medical histories mm -hmm. because you update medical histories every year, six months, whatever it may be, every six years, I don't know. <laughs> Never, <laughs> <Okay>. no. <laughs> Never, right? Rather not know. Yeah. Okay. Um, Verbally, no. <laughs> yeah, so what are the other, okay, so we can add that to our thing. What mm -hmm. else can we do, Cassie? You had given us a link to whatever you use as far as a, like a poster board or mm -hmm. something, hanging those in your ops yep. and, um, you know, asking the questions, do you snore? And just making people think about... About the people, have, people wait sometimes in operatories, correct? Yes. And what do they do when they wait? Look at look on their phone. <laughs> they stare. Watch they TV. look in the wall yeah. to kind of look around, and they have a tendency to read. Do you mm -hmm. ever find yourself somewhere like mm -hmm. looking for something oh, to absolutely. read on the wall, right? I'm yeah. Like, well, God, let there be something I can do to keep me busy, right? So things like that. Things like, do you snore? You know, and we have the picture of the wife being angry with the husband snoring. <laughs> suffocating the, him with yeah, the pillow. Yeah, <laughs> you want to be suffocating with the pillow, right? And having a sign like that made. It can be, a, I showed you a way today, it can be as simple as $10, 15 mm -hmm. to have that made. And 30 to $40 to have it printed. Yeah. Okay, so make sure you follow through on getting that made, getting that printed, and hang it up. Okay? So you have four operatories. Mm -hmm. You have a waiting room, correct? Yes. So you need five signs. Yes. Okay. At least. So you right. need at least the yeah. minimum. You need five signs. Okay. Four <laughs> operatories plus the front office right. plus the lobby area. Right. So you need five signs. Okay. So that's going to cost you fifteen dollars to have it designed, and let's call it forty dollars each to print. Okay. Doctor Matt, do I have permission to spend two hundred and twenty-five dollars? <laughs> it's really yeah. breaking the yeah. budget there. Okay. So, uh, so Laura, as office manager, can you make that happen for us? Yes. Okay. So when will we have that done by? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hello, podcast family. T-Bone here, bringing you our newest live patient implant training, Full Arch Express. For dentists already placing implants and ready to level up and continue building their implant practice, this is the golden ticket. We're diving deep into Full Arch Implants, the hottest game changer in implant dentistry. In this program, we tackle both overdentures and all annex fixed hybrids, Mastering techniques that are essential for modern, comprehensive dental care. It's about getting your hands on the tools and techniques that will replace the doubt and fear with confidence and predictability. Here's the kicker. There's live patient training right here in North Carolina. You're not just learning theories. You're in the operatory doing real work on real patient from start to finish, guided one-on-one -on -one by our expert 3D mentors. You'll learn the nuances of each approach ensuring you can cater to a wide range of patients to maximize revenue. Speaking of revenue, with me, you know it's not just about the clinical skills. We're bringing business into this aspect too, teaching you how to integrate these advanced services profitably into your practice. So are you ready to rise up to the top in implant dentistry? Join us at the Full Arch Express. This isn't just another course, it's a career-defining leap. Head to www. 3D-Dentist.com to enroll in our next session. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now, back to this week's episode. If you can't, I can. I got you. <laughs> okay. well, no, no, but here, here, I got you back. But here's what I'm going to do. It. I'm going to put it on Laura, okay. and Laura can certainly recruit you to do it. Sure. Okay, I'm not saying you have to put it on your plate, but what I'm saying is I'm going to have Lori call you, okay, <laughs> uh, when you give whatever date you give me. And I'm not saying tomorrow. I'm not even saying next week, mm -hmm. but I'm saying just give me a date that you think we can have this done by. End of March? Yeah, by the end of March. Yeah, is so. that acceptable that, that long, or do you want it shorter than that? He wants it tomorrow. Okay, yeah. tomorrow, so I will speak for you, this tomorrow is no good, okay? I wouldn't even ask. 
after tomorrow. <laughs> but, uh, no, I think in about two weeks' time. So okay. okay, so March 15th. Middle of March. Okay, okay. so March 15th, I can hold you accountable. <laughs> now, does that have to be like them ordered or like them in the office? <laughs> like hanging. <laughs> well, here's the good news. Kinko's prints everything in a day. Okay. Okay, if you want to get it done in Kinko's. Amazon Photo apparently prints photos. It'll be here in a couple of days, okay? So March 15th, I'm writing it down, poster boards in office, Okay. What's the consequence if we don't get it done? Fired. No, that's, that's a terrible consequence. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, that's, that's a terrible consequence. I'm joking. We would, would we come in and work on a Saturday? Oh, what, what? Oh. There has to be a consequence, oh. right? I think a Friday would be, like, hard enough for her, yeah. Okay. So, Laura, will you give me a Friday if you can't get it done by March 15th? Yes. Okay. So, you heard that, correct? Yeah. Okay, the consequence is you will work... A Friday, okay? If you don't have it done. Do you want to change the date? <laughs> no. Do we no. want to push it out? It's sort of like a job deposition. I know. <laughs> so today's March 5th. No, I'll do it. I'll okay, do it. that's 10 days. Yeah. Okay. I think anywhere from March the 15th through March the 20th is a fair number for a date to mm-hmm. get it done, printed, and hung up. Yeah. Okay? Because the longer we wait, the more it takes. Now, this is ultimately kind of how, maybe it's just my style, how we create action, right? Mm-hmm. Is because if we wait on Dr. Matt to do it, what's the likelihood of it getting done? <laughs> I don't, he, he probably would do it. He gets stuff done. <sighs> but we well, get distracted, correct? Yeah. <laughs> it, it might get delayed a little. Yeah. So, but ultimately, right. But ultimately what I do is I look at what, what is it going to cost us? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, it's like, okay, here's the money. Can you, can you make this happen for me? Right, so that, that's that's how I look at these things. Okay, so that that's fair enough. Okay, what are the other ways we can create awareness easily? We utilize revenue well. Okay, so great. We'll do a campaign through email tomorrow. Okay, great. So you know that little wheel uh, picture we showed you. There are articles on WebMD. There've been articles in Huffington Post. The other thing is, are there a lot of train engineers, a train driver? Give me some uh, so, common uh, industry in your Central area. Central Ohio Transit Authority, the bus system okay. in Columbus, is headquartered right across the street from okay. my office. So um, what I would look for is do a Google search for bus driver and sleep apnea. Yeah. Okay? And find a story about that and do a, do a revenue campaign of that. Okay? That's specific to something that fits your market. Mm-hmm. Okay, and send it out saying, "Hey, you know, did you happen to read XYZ and XYZ publication? You know, did you know that there are dental devices that can assist with this? And this is what it looks like, and this is how we can help in that." Okay. I wrote something down in my book, and I wish I still had it. But you threw uh, my book away already. No, it's <laughs> packed up. But um, I'm not sure if either one of you mentioned it or which one did. But uh, contacting the union. Yes. Of someone. Yeah, that or, was me. I have um, all the good ideas. Yeah. <laughs> no, I thought that was a great idea. And just kind of seeing, I think it was checking their insurance to see if you can get like a negotiated yeah. rate or something. Yeah, because a lot of those unions are self-insured. Yeah. Okay. In other words, they um, they may have a brand on it, but they're self-funded insurance yes. companies. So they may have different rates, and especially if it's something that mandated for their, their team members or mm-hmm. the Teamsters, or I don't know what they're called, Unionsters, yeah. <laughs> um, especially if it's mandated for them, you may be able to go to them and say, hey, listen, you know, we can do this for you for this price, yeah. okay, or this cost. And, and what's the worst thing they'll say? No. No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What's the, the worst thing they'll say is no, but at least know you exist. Right. Right? And, and those kind of things happen. Okay. Yeah. Dr. Matt, what other things can we do to create awareness? That's pretty much all I had was the posters and... The uh, campaign. Okay. All right. That's fair. You guys you got anything else there? Hutan, you got anything else that they can do to create awareness? 
No, you're, you're not even participating. <laughs> yeah, you're over there you're working on your phone, but you're disrespectful to me. Give <laughs> <laughs> me a kiss uh, the ring. Kiss no. the ring. <laughs> what, are the questions, what questions do you guys have, though, that you haven't asked us? So Tarun asked a lot of questions about what you guys are going to do Monday, but you haven't really asked any questions from us. So here's, here's the chance. Well, what do you guys like, want to ask us? I feel like these two asked a lot during the course. Um, <laughs> but, re- but repeat some of those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah repeat those for the listeners. Not really uh, her, but Laura definitely. She's clarification. Oh, she wanted to. She's the one that wanted to pre-off like twenty HSD, yes. right? Yes. <laughs> Why not just do it for forty-five days? Just and for the record, I said that was insane. I didn't say you. Were insane. <laughs> Uh, I guess so. One of the questions I had, and it's a it's a mentality. I listed it as a mentality um, type question, as an office. So in dentistry, um, same day, Cirac, we we've always tried to get things turned around faster and, and more efficiently for the patient. The mentality of the office as a dental world versus a medical world is one thing we talked about um, with the billing and coding section. Is it better, and I, I, have, I have a feeling I know from Tarun what, what you're going to say as a dentist, but is it better for to, to just gun it and get the records taken that day and move forward, not knowing exactly what you're going to get paid for from insurance, to have all that squared away before the patient leaves, or is it better to, to talk to insurance and figure out the you know the pre-offs and things like so, that? So, so break down the procedures. <laughs> are you referring to the home sleep test specifically, or are you referring to... The cone beam, the exam, the whole nine. The, everything, yeah. Okay, so the patient is already there for an exam and cone beam regardless, right? As like a hygiene patient or something. Yes. No matter what, right? So <clears throat> that you have the option of already pre-authorizing before they come for the medical in terms of the cone beam. Your exams will never require a pre-authorization. Your cone beam, maybe 50 to 70% <laughs> of the time will need a, a pre-authorization. So aside from that, the next one in that next step of records is going to be the home sleep test, right? So home sleep test, as we talked about, as far as I know in my experience, 100% of the time need a pre-authorization, right? So now you got to ask yourself, and this is you, seriously you, Dr. Snipes, very important question. Do I want to play the medical model as in I get the patient hyped up and excited, say, Monday morning, and I say, hey, patient, you know what? Let Cassandra do a, uh, a pre-authorization. When we get the approval back, we'll call you, come pick up the device. Do you really want to do that to get maybe 150 or 200 bucks on a sleep study? Or if you've created the sense of urgency right on the spot, do you want to say, hey, patient, you know what? Just go ahead and take this home. I, I, I'm, it's really important to me. I want to know what your results are. And that, like Tarun, you deliberately almost, for the lack of a better word, lose the 60, 70 bucks. You pay mm-hmm. the physician to read your HST because you want to get to the appliance quicker. Mm-hmm. That's your option. You can do either one. That And and part of that is is like your patience. I, I can tell you as a kid from L.A. and Atlanta, especially L.A. where I grew up, if you tried to do that model of like, oh, she'll pre it's over. Yeah. It's done. Like making them wait. You no, over. it's more about the traffic, getting there, it's all of that mm-hmm. stuff, right? Toast. Life is same busy. Thing, same thing with Atlanta. It's over. Yeah. But if you give it to them same day and they hand it back, that's a totally different story. Now, what I what I'm also thinking that you're asking is also about treatment records. Okay. Records yeah, records appointments. So my goal is I won't take records until we know what the patient has to pay out of pocket. 
Okay, I, I want to know what they're going to pay out of pocket. Okay, now they may not agree to do it, and we may take records anyway. But I want to know what the the insurance portion of it at least. Okay, because let's say it's a few hundred dollars out of the patient's pocket. I'll come up with creative financing for the patient to pay that out. Okay, when I know X Y Z insurance is going to give me two grand, eighteen hundred dollars, whatever it is, I can I can finance out, self finance out the two, three, four hundred dollars. And I, I'm willing to take records in that scenario. Now, if the insurance is only going to pay me three hundred dollars and it's eighteen, eighteen, nineteen hundred dollars out of the patient pocket, I may not take records until the patient's ready because it might be months before the patient's ready, mm -hmm. and then my records aren't going to be any good anymore. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it, it is in a way a case by case situation, but. I would always, before I take records, know what the financial responsibilities are. So let's go back to the workflow. We have awareness, we have diagnosis, we have financial, then we have treatment. So that means we have to have satisfied the awareness, we have to have satisfied the diagnosis, we have to satisfy that we know what the financials are, and then we're prepared to take records. Does, does that kind of make sense? No, it all does. And, and back to the three of us that are here, Cassie, myself, and, and Laura. Well, Laura's gone now. <laughs> Not she didn't get it. She decided she wasn't <laughs> going to put these signs up by March 15th to March she's 20th. She's had it. She's done. Right. Yeah, she's done. Uh, no, so out of the three of us that are here, I feel like Cassie is, if you want to use the word aggressive, she's the most willing to get same-day stuff done mm -hmm. that day. She's, she's great about coming and asking me, do we have time for this? Can we make this work? Are you willing to do this today? And so she pushes me. And so she's at one end of the spectrum. I'm kind of in the middle. And Laura's at the opposite end because she's dealing with building and coding mm -hmm. for the dentistry. So just in the dynamics of who we have here, let alone the other three team members that I have, um, it's the question remains like how aggressive should we be, how proactive should we be by getting all this done beforehand, or should we have it you know, should we just take records and any cost and, and match up? Well, what are the costs of taking records? Well none. Time. Yeah. Time, that's it, right? Because cost. it's not like we're doing it, it we're doing it digitally. So you already own your CERC machine, I mean, you're paying for it whether you use it or not. Right. There's no cost to take impressions on that thing. Okay, uh, so from that perspective, your costs are only time. Okay, and what I would say is if you have a team member that's willing to put the time and effort in, okay, and sometimes not get the game, I would say go for Why it. Why not? Yeah. Why not? The other thing I would say is my gut reaction to this question is, is we're overthinking it a bit. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's say this. Do 20 and see. Let's take 20 records not knowing what the hell we're doing. And let's see what happens. Okay, if 10 out of 20 be fruitful, how many times would you take records to get a 50% close rate? Every time. Every time, right? Yeah. Okay, but see, we're going on theoreticals here, correct? Mm -hmm. We're assuming zero is going to happen. Now, what happens if 5 out of 20 become cases? So you have a 25% close rate. Still worth it. I Still worth it, right? Okay, you're hearing the answer right here, correct? So don't get in the way of what you're hearing, okay? So now if we take 20 records and one closes... Okay, now you're going to rethink your process. Right. Okay, now you're going to say, you know what, we're, we're fishing and we're really not catching anything. Mm -hmm. It would be stupid to stay in the same little area to continue fishing, right? Mm -hmm. We got to go to a different area to fish. Okay, so that's how I would approach that. Completely agree. And, and you are asking the one that I said is most aggressive yeah. and most willing to do same day. Kind so it doesn't of cost you anything. Let us, let's make it happen, man. I think his point is, is I'm not going to always be the one that's going to be doing the records. I'm not going to be available all the so time. Let, let's, so let's, let's, uh, let me ask a tough question. Sure. Okay, you prepared, Matt? What would it take for you to make that happen for her, for her to be the only one? 
the only one like kind of a like Liz, like a champion, yeah, champion. Even just two days a week. Even just two days a week. You mean how much would I pay her? No, no, it's not. No, no. It's not. What would it? What would it take? See, okay. So I went through this with Liz. Yeah. Okay. What would it take to make that happen? Okay. And it wasn't money. Okay. For me, it was. I'm assuming since you brought Cassie here, you actually like her. Okay, she's probably your good assistant I mean, that you work with. This weekend he does. But. Yeah, right. But she works with you. She she gets what you're doing, right? Yes. Okay. So for me, Liz was like that. I mean, I hated losing her chair side. And I said to myself, I said, self, for me to be able to put Liz in that position, because that's who I trust to do it, okay? Because I know she's willing to come in early. She's willing to stay late. She's willing to work through lunch. She's willing to make it happen. I mean, she's here on a Saturday and Sunday with you guys, right? Right, yeah. Okay. So she's willing to make it happen. Okay, so I said, what would, it, what would I need to make that happen? I said, well, I would need somebody else on the chair side that I actually liked that could actually pretty close to make it work for her, like make it work that I didn't have her, okay? So my first step wasn't focused on well, how would I afford it, what would the money be, and things like that. It would be like, okay, that means I'm going to take somebody from here mm-hmm. and I'm going to put them here. That means I've got to fill this void, mm-hmm. okay? The mistake I made when I started a Sleep Champion is I brought somebody in from the outside, should have never done that. It was it worked out not well for me. It's not that we didn't get going, not that we didn't produce appliance. It was I brought in an outsider that I didn't know and trust, and I put them in a position that somebody else in my practice wanted. Mm. And I created ill will mm. unknowingly. Okay? So to me, I would look at it as what would it take for me to move? Let's just use Cassie as an example here, okay? What would it take for me to move <clears throat> Cassie out of chair side assisting role? to a dedicated role once a week or twice a week, okay, and things like that. And then what would she have to produce? What kind of results would she have to show to justify her current salary? Okay, would that be one appliance a week, two appliances a week? I mean, th- those are math numbers that we've got to do. We've got to work backwards. And we've got to say, hey, Cassie, based on what you've said, okay, I'm, I'm going to go through this, just I'm making things up yeah, here, yeah. okay? So based on what you've learned, based on what you see, based on what you think is realistic, do you think you could do one appliance a week? Absolutely. Okay, so one appliance a week is 50 appliances a year. Okay, with an average reimbursement of two grand, that's another 100 grand in production. So would that justify putting her one day a week to do that? Yes. It, it may. I, I don't know. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm not asking like a specific answer. I just don't know, right? I don't know your business model. I don't know your overhead. I don't know your team situation. I don't know a lot of those things, okay? There are a lot of, there are a lot of variables here. Okay, but that, that's one way of looking at it. And then the, I, the other thing I would say is, Cassie, are you willing to go, to, would you go to that position for two months, try it, and be willing to take a step back and go back into chairside assisting if it didn't work? And, and would, you, would you be, I'm not asking the question, I'm just thinking out loud, would you be willing to say, you know what, for two months I'm going to have Cassie do this just one day a week, me and my other assistant will grin and bear it, okay, for that one day, and let's see what she can produce by having a dedicated person to it. And if after a month or two, whatever time period you decide, if it's not turning to fruitful, then you know that you have to go come up with another idea. It's just about trying things. There's no magic solution. Uh, the solutions aren't specific. You can't redo what I did because it just happened to work here with our situation, with our team members, with our dynamics. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean it's going to work for you, but all I can do is to tell you you can try it mm-hmm. and you can put in plans in place with clear understandings for people that, hey, if, we're not, if we don't achieve this, it just doesn't financially make sense for me and it's going to put us all in a burden position and I, I can't sustain that but for so long. You know, and that, that's really what it's all about. 
you know, maybe it's Laura, maybe it's your hygienist, maybe it's somebody else. I, I don't know who that would be. Uh, so th- that's that's how I kind of look at that. What else you got for me? I actually did have another question. Yes. So the way of our appointments uh, go, usually x-rays are taken first thing, mm-hmm. um, especially with... Uh, you talking about new patients? Anybody. Anybody, okay. Anybody. If they're due for x-rays, that's the first thing that's Hygiene? done. Yes. Okay. Especially a new patient, or I mean, a, even a recall, I guess. Okay. If they're eligible for a panoramic, we have may already you know, decided to do a 3D scan on okay. everybody. And were you um, already doing that before? Since we've gotten the machine, we've had the machine for six weeks. Okay, right. so 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 you've been taking three Ds on everybody mm-hmm. anyway. Yes. Which machine do you have? Just out of the curiosity, well, let me ask you. Which one do you have? I think the one downstairs. Okay, the Orthopos SLAI. Yes. Okay. I'm yeah. just well, the reason I ask is I just want to know if, as team members, do we know what in the hell we have? Oh right? yeah, yeah. No, we have the same one you guys. But do we're not taking them on everybody. Ninety-five percent. We're not taking them on recall patients. No, but when they do for panos. Oh, yes. So okay. we're saying when, yes. like, I'm not going to, like, just because I got the machine today doesn't mean I'm going to start okay. x-raying well, right, everybody. Yeah. Right, okay. But when they become due for a pano, mm-hmm. this has replaced, we have a new panorex. We have a yes. 3D Correct. panorex mm-hmm. in our practice. Yes. Correct. And they okay. produce, as you know, they produce a, a panoramic film. Pan. So that's correct. We, yeah, we've just decided to kind of take it on everybody that's eligible for it. So with that being said, say a new patient comes, is eligible for a pan, we, our hygienist takes that we take them back, then have our conversations with them about treatment, Ooh. about, you know, a sleep, a- or if they're a sleep apnea candidate, a home study, if they're interested in that, whatnot. I'm curious if we need to change our process because no. they are not going to have that x-ray with the, well, I forget don't what change, called, Don't change your process. Continue to take the x-rays with the bite stick in place, okay, with the teeth separated, because scientifically we know that the uh, X, uh, CBCT scan does not diagnose or show that mm-hmm. uh, there's no correlation between the size of volume you see and any level of sleep apnea. Okay. So don't change that thing. But still segment the data. Because okay. you'll see even on our hands-on exercises, a lot of people still had red even in an open position. Right. right. And even if you don't have red, it creates awareness and starts the conversation. Correct. Okay. So don't change that over this one procedure. Continue to do those 3D panorexes the same way you've been doing them in the bite stick with the mouth open. And the only thing you may change is consider having them put the tongue to the roof of your mouth. Okay. okay. And just take it that way. Okay. Okay. And, and continue rolling down that, that road. And I, I commend you on being much better than the vast majority of people we train in the sense that you take 3Ds as truly as a replacement for your Panorex. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's amazing how many people do we train, Hutan, and they're not taking 3Ds on everybody. They're taking this selectively when they think the patient needs it. And the whole point of 3D Why? is... Why? Why have the machine that? <laughs> the whole point of 3D is seeing what you don't know you see, right? Yeah. What you didn't know was there. So you miss out that whole concept of incidental findings by not taking it on nearly everyone. The, the, the scarier part, I think, is is sometimes when T-Bone and I press them and we're like, well, can you define your think? They're like, oh, well, you, know, you should hear the answer. Oh, like as to why that, they're not doing it? No, no, why, what, what would, they, what, what would make oh. them do it? Oh, Even oh. that's not systematic. Really? I mean, hmm, some will say like, okay, always partial edentialism, I'll do it. But aside from that, it doesn't seem to be systematic. No rhyme or reason. Da- yeah, which yeah. is huh. in its own way possibly dangerous. You could be missing stuff that's there. Absolutely. Um, that you could treat. Absolutely. One other thing I guess we could talk about, I, I talked to Dr. Snipes about this yesterday or earlier today, is um, 
you guys said a lot of the time when you submit the pre-auth or, you know, some, uh, for the 3D scan, you, the reason is, uh, oral cancer screening. To rule out the presence of, uh, neoplasms and, and things like that. Yes. So I, I, um, used to work for someone who would not, do or bill out or uh, put in the notes any kind of like oral cancer screening because they did not want to be responsible if something happened down you're the road. you responsible anyway. And that's, that's what he had said. That's, you're a dentist. That's you're what the, he had said. You are the specialist I will definitely not, I will definitely not say the name of that doctor. Who said this? We don't want to say the name. But that's what he said. He said whether you document it or bill out for it or not, you're going to be responsible. Oh my God. That's nutty talk. That is not that is not insane. That person is insane <laughs> <laughs> to, to make fun of Laura. Here. Yeah, I'll definitely not mention any names. But no, yeah, we don't want to do um, that. Yeah, no, I, I so I, that was one curiosity I had is if you subject yourself to that, then but obviously you're a dentist, you subject yourself to it. Yeah, no, with no. your degree, right? With your license. Yeah, no, especially when it comes to oral cancer. Yeah. Okay, I, I would say it's your ethical and legal obligation to do an oral cancer screening on your patients nearly every time you see them, Mm -hmm. uh, certainly. And I would encourage practices to uh, invest in one of the lights. I think they're like $1,000. We have the light. We just use it all the time. Some practices charge for the light. We just Oh, the carries lights? Is that what you're talking about? We have what's called the oral ID. It's I, I don't know exactly how much. Well, like uh, measures the depth or no, no. It's a light you shine in the mouth that will show oh. any uh, I've heard of veloscope type of things. So Visilite, Visilite, okay. type, something like that. It, it uh, you shine in the mouth and it checks for cancer. Oh. Um, and it's billable to medical. Medical on the side pays note. about ten, twenty bucks. For yeah, it, when it does pay for it. I mean, I've, uh, that question again arose because I had that. Um, my secondary office that I did would usually bill out for oral cancer screening, and so I brought that to him. I said, "That's something else we could bill out for. Yeah. That's more money you could get." And that was his answer: is he yeah. didn't want to be subjected to. Yeah, this. but when you bill out for oral cancer screening, it's through the use of one of those devices. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm talking about the actual procedure of oral cancer screening. It's about using the device. Now, using it as a diagnosis code is certainly acceptable as a dentist. That's totally within your scope of, of license and care. Okay. Laura, what did you hear me say that was totally outrageous this weekend? Anything? <laughs> <laughs> pick one, Laura. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Pick one. I want to hear what you said. I'm like trying to think. There's so like, many. That I know. Talked so. about anything on your end? Anything totally outrageous that you're like, what the hell is this guy talking about? No, I mean, I've listened to you enough over the past few years to, to know that you tell some tales. But, uh, tell tales? Uh, <laughs> no, nothing outrageous. I mean, the course is succinct. It's to the point. you got it condensed into two mm-hmm. days. Um, Keep it fun. No, so I, there wasn't anything that I heard that I was like, what the hell? What do you think about that? You guys, are you guys doing payment plans? I think you are. Absolutely, right? yeah. Yeah, good. That's good. How's it's that worked work? really well. Oh, yeah. it, it's, it's helped get case acceptance out. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were never... And when we say payment plans, we're talking about internal yes. payment plans where you become the bank to a certain degree. lower than the care source. Yes. Uh, yeah, so when you're not checking credit history and anything like that. Right. You're doing credit card on file, automated? Mm-hmm. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, automated in the sense that I punch it in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> automated in the sense you don't remember to run the card. <laughs> yeah. Because that would be not automated at all. Yeah, yeah. So, um, no, that's helped out a lot because, you know, it's just like... Just like you would, wouldn't want to go and, and pay cash if it's over a certain amount. No, even when I have the money, I don't right, want to do it. Right. Especially if it, you can space it out over time and, mm-hmm. and, and lower the, or work it within your budget. So, no, I mean, the, the process made sense from when I learned it a few years ago. Uh, and then Laura implemented it great. And, mm-hmm. and we've had much higher case acceptance 
just for that reason. Uh, Definitely. Space payments out. Good job. <laughs> In between the coughing episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so payment plans work great. Okay. Uh, and yeah. I'll extend it out even further. Yeah. Uh, In terms of month-wise? Yes. What are you doing right now? Right now we're on a, a down payment and a three-month plan. After okay. So I think six months, months is a safe next step. Yeah. Don't, don't get into the 12-month quite yet. Right. We actually started 12 months and I took it away. So, um, why? Tifa? Uh, because well, here's, a, here's it's a, harder. Like, you know, the, they'll lose the card, the expiration date. You just have to probably track people yeah. down more. So here's what I find. Okay. Yeah. Yes. That's all part of it. Okay. But what I found was, and, and this is me, I give leniency to my team. Okay. So if you need, if, if six months is our max, if you need to make a seven or eight or nine months, I'm okay with it. Okay. When 12 months was our max, suddenly it was 18 months oh, yeah. on occasion, right? So, so what I found was when I did 12 months, people asked, Hey, if you can do 12, can I do 15 to 16? Right. And then, so then it just started getting longer and longer and longer and it started getting a little uncomfortable for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, because really at that point, I'm really becoming a true bank. Okay, and I don't want to become a true bank in that sense. I don't mind being a loan shark, okay, which is a short-term loan. I don't mind being that for patients, but being a true bank, I do mind. So I would say to you, be hold your horses on longer than six months because let's see how that goes. And like everything else, six months, and then my next step will be nine months. Mm-hmm. Okay, I totally skipped the nine-month thing, and I shouldn't have. Okay, and the other thing I will tell you is, what is your down payment you require now? Twenty-five percent with three months. What, no, what it's, um, I mean, there's a formula for it. Okay. I don't know exactly what it but is. But there's some but percentage, correct? Yes. yes. Okay, so then when you go to six months, make the percentage higher. Okay, so mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're asking me to take a greater risk as the owner of the business by extending you, loan sharking you money for a longer period of time, then I'm going to ask you to give me more money up front. Okay, so for the sake of our conversation, let's pretend you're asking for 15% down on your three-month no-interest plan. Okay. Number one, I think it should be at least 25%. Okay. But that's just me. Then I would say, you know what? You need to get 33% on your six month plans. Okay. And then if you want to go to 12 months or nine months, make it 50% down. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because if they're asking you to go somewhere, you need to ask them being the patient Mm -hmm. to put more in as well. Mm -hmm. So that way you minimize some of your risks. Mm-hmm. in that situation. I think Definitely. that's a fair ask. And it's very yeah. easy to do in the in the Excel in sheet. The cases that we're starting to do, more implants, more ortho, mm-hmm. the sleep apnea guards on, on patients who aren't going to utilize insurance, um, it makes sense to have yeah. a longer plan to help them out. And really on those cases, like you mentioned ortho specifically, I would say what, what's an average ortho case take in your practice? Months-wise, uh, yeah, time-wise. Uh, nine, 12 months. Then I would finance that out nine to 12 months. Okay. What do I do for, we do 18 for ortho? Maybe. We Why do. Yeah. Yeah, we have that. That's okay. through care credit or something. Uh, through no, a third party. it's like, no. No, it's in-house. Yeah. In-house, okay. Mm-hmm. For, for, a, for something as big of a cost as okay. care correct, then okay. yes, we do So, yeah, I, I would just look at, on ortho, I'm very comfortable going to the length of treatment. Okay, because I just won't finish their case. Sure. Okay. Oh, yeah, right. right. So I won't take your brackets on. You guys have all seen patients that come to your office with brackets on. <laughs> oh, my wife's not to shut down their office. I'm like, BS. You just didn't pay your bill, and they didn't take your wires uh-huh. and brackets off. Okay? That's hilarious. For six years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Nobody's putting you in braces for six funny. years. Okay? Uh, so, yeah, that's great that you're doing the uh, medical billing. Uh, sorry, the... Um, uh, the um, in-house. in-house payment mm-hmm. plans for your patients, uh, especially as a PPO practice, it makes you're really not lending out that much money. I mean, you're lending out twenty to fifty percent. 
as a PPO practice, okay? And with sleep, uh, I would be, depending on the patient out of pocket, I would be much more lenient on how, how long I'm willing to spend that out. Like, like literally if somebody comes in and it's $500 and I know I'm getting two grand or 2,100 from an insurance company, I'll do 12, I'll, Liz will do 12 months on 500 bucks, no problem. Because we really, it's about the two grand, twenty one hundred dollars from the insurance company. The five hundred bucks is kind of a bonus if we get it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just our business mind thinking, okay? And certainly, you're legally obligated to make an attempt to collect. Uh, so um, that, that's that's good. I mean, this should the, the having that in place already puts you a leg up above from some of the other people. They're going to try to implement some of those things along with it, so you're already there uh, in that sense. I have a question. Mm-hmm. So we mentioned that we're both PPO offices mm-hmm. and we're very PPO driven. I think that has many, many, many benefits, but mm-hmm. I think it has a couple of downfalls where it kind of makes people very PPO driven where they will not people do People as in patients or team members? Uh, uh, patients. Okay. Um, where they will not do anything that's not... Cover. Basically, yeah, not cover. Or that's going to... Free is, yeah, what I'm searching for. Um, so if starting out, say we're not um, in network with their medical insurance, do you, have you had any issues with people saying, you know, um, since you guys aren't in network with my medical, would this be cheaper if I went to someone in network and maybe yes. lose their business because of, of that? Yeah, we, so the, the easy answer for me to say is I'm in network with what covers 90% of our medical market here. Right. Okay? So, but what I would say is certainly that's a potential. Okay. So as you asked Liz today, probably 15 to 20% of our patients are non-covered by insurance, mm-hmm. meaning that either they have full deductible and they need to pay out of pocket or they just don't have medical insurance <laughs> at all. Okay. Um, and they do treatment. So that means there's a percentage of cases that we're going to miss. Okay. So if you want to be serious about sleep and if your state's reimbursement is reasonable, then consider going in network, okay? I would strongly consider going in network. Uh, what that also means is that depending on your reimbursement, it may affect which appliance you use. So, for example, the OptiSleep is a $400 plus appliance, okay? 450 I don't know the exact dollar amount. So that means if I were getting reimbursed $1,200, $1,300, I'm not giving them an OptiSleep. That patient's going to get the $250, whatever I can get for $250 type of appliance, okay? Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. And then what I would do is I would give my patient the option to upgrade. I, I believe in upgrades. Would for you like, like an in-house fee or? No, no. Like, let's say, let's, I believe in, uh, I believe in upgrades. Would you like fries with that? Okay. <laughs> would you like to upsize your combo today? Yeah. Would you like I to worked upsize, at Arby's. That was my like, first job. <laughs> would you like to upsize your appliance today? Yeah. Okay. And, and so what I would say patients is, listen, your insurance pays for, for this, this appliance. Okay. Mm-hmm. That we also offer these appliances. But your insurance only pays for this one. If you would like to have this appliance, if you like this more, it's eight hundred dollars more. Okay. Or six hundred dollars more. Yeah. Totally up to you. Yeah. Okay. Effectiveness wise, they're both gonna work. I just want you to choose whatever you want. Okay. Sure. Which makes the most sense for you. Okay. Okay, so there's nothing wrong with letting your patients choose mm-hmm. in a PPO environment. Okay. Okay. Uh, that also extends to things like anterior restorations in my mind. So you probably do some anterior work. You'd like to do more anterior work, but your PPOs pay like crap mm-hmm. for that, right? So if I come in with a tooth, let's say Laura comes in, your tooth number eight's broken. You mm-hmm. want that thing to look good, mm-hmm. like really good. Really well, good yeah. means either work with a master ceramist with a high lab bill or more time doing with your CEREC chair side, right? right. So I, I, I'm very upfront with my patients. Listen, Laura, your insurance pays for this kind of crown. I'll show them the CEREC block. I'll say we use multi-layered blocks. They look pretty nice. If you want something that looks pretty nice, that fits fantastic and is functional, this is the right option for you. 
if you want something that really blends in, that looks like it was never missing, mm-hmm. it's going to cost you a little bit more because your insurance pays for basic dentistry. How do you get around that? We just we do we do a cosmetic upgrade. And Is you that can do thing? that. Yeah, <laughs> I've never heard code. of that. That's 02999. great. Where's my pen? I know. Yeah. Right, well, I, I just did a, um, a podcast on that, actually. Oh, but yeah. But no, no, no. But no, no. Write it down. But see, there's nothing wrong with it. Okay. What you cannot no, do is charge right. a lab fee. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm not charging a lab fee. Okay. For you to work with a master ceramist. Okay. Let me ask. Let me ask the team members because mm-hmm. I want you to buy in because okay. I know he gets it. Okay. Okay. Not because of the podcast, because he just gets it. For him to work with a master ceramist, what does it take? What do you have to do? You have to send photos? Okay, a uh, photo. You have um, to talk to them on the phone? No, I mean, okay. maybe in yeah, some likely. cases, okay. sure, yeah. Do you possibly have to try it in and send it back in for a shade adjustment? Sure. So does that take more time? Absolutely. Okay, so I'm not charging a lab fee. The patient will sometimes go there as well. Okay, I'm not charging a lab fee. I'm charging a case management fee. Okay. Okay, does that make sense? No, no, it does, but okay. I'm just thinking of... You yeah. know, con- so, contractual so have, obligations. So, so, How do you... So we have two codes. Let's call it 02750. Uh-huh. Okay, what's a typical PPO play for a crown in your office? $800? Eight, eight, yeah. Eight, okay, let's call it 817. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you know exactly. $817, <laughs> okay? Dr. Matt, how much would you like to get paid to do a single central? Single central? To do it and make be proud of it and be happy with it and feel like you didn't get cheated at the mm-hmm. end. Uh, probably somewhere between twelve and thirteen. Okay, so let's call it $1,200, Okay. Okay, and that would afford you the ability to use an outside lab or spend the time doing it yourself with your CERIC machine, correct? Mm-hmm. So what I would do is I would do 02750, $800, and then I would do 02999 for $400 with zero insurance coverage here having 50% insurance coverage. So when my patient got my financial form, it would say patient, it would say total fee, 1200 insurance, 400 patient portion, 800 Okay, because the four hundred dollars is zero covered by insurance. Mm-hmm. The crown is covered fifty percent by insurance, correct? Mm-hmm. So they're they're going to get four hundred from insurance, four hundred they're going to pay for the regular crown, mm-hmm. and then four hundred for the cosmetic case fee. Okay. No, I mean again, it makes sense, but you, and you can do that. I've been doing network, it. It's obviously not trouble. billable to insurance. It's not billable. It's not so I mean, it's just company. right. Yeah. It's an optional procedure your patient's paying for. It's like saying your patient can't choose to buy toothpaste at your office. <laughs> They can't, right? Or they can't, what happens when they buy fluoride trays? Do you guys do fluoride trays or whitening trays? Do you guys mm-hmm. do whitening trays? Mm-hmm. Is it covered by insurance? Mm-mm. So do you just say, oh my God, that's not covered by insurance. We can't do it. I like that idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, I'm, like, I'm, 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 I know. I'm like, I'm surprised we've never, I've never thought sense. of it. So, like, so, so what, before I walk in, Cassie, okay, as the owner of the practice or the treating doctor, I'm going to walk in. I'm going to expect you to tell me, hey, Mrs. Jones here, we need a crown on tooth number eight. Mm-hmm. I've talked to her about the two ways we do it. We can do it in-house with the CEREC machine. It'll look nice. It'll fit great. It'll function great. Mm-hmm. Or if she wants something with master ceramics, she understands it's going to cost a little bit more, but it's going to take more time and more expertise to get it done. Mrs. Jones elected to have it done in the lab. Okay. Okay. Or Mrs. Jones has elected to have it done, just have his traditional crown. Sure. Okay. okay. And then you may decide to go ahead and stain and glaze it anyway. Okay. But, but that's totally up to you. At least now you're not feeling this pressure and you set an expectation with your patient about what to expect. So what is your process then when you do the aesthetic? You just uh, make, I make up a number. Well, no, no, no. I mean, like, do you still prep a, tra- a traditional CEREC and then send that CEREC off to a lab yes. or? No, I'll just have my lab make it or I'll make it myself. So even, it's not about the CEREC, okay? It's about my time. If I custom stain and glaze it and I do two fires, I mean, to me, it's, I always sell as time, mm-hmm. okay? Right. So, so time, because to, time is money. Because to polish a restoration <laughs> is how, how long and how fast. 
I mean, very quickly. Right. So do a yeah. posterior crown. I mean, you don't spend the time putting white cracks and stuff like that. Oh, right. Like, bam, yeah. bam. Thank you, ma'am. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then you get paid the same for an anterior crown. And your doc is putting anatomy in there. He's mm -hmm. using great, or you, you're putting stain in it. You're trying it in the mouth. You're firing it. And if it's not exactly right, you're firing it again. You get paid less. For something that takes more, you get paid essentially less because it takes more time. Well, right, yeah. Okay, so I let my patients choose, so I set the expectation there. I like that idea. Them. Okay, and the same thing with every, you know, with co cosmetic cases. Come in, want 10 veneers, Mr. Jones is not covered by your insurance company. My fee is X. Yeah. But you're in network, great. Unfortunately, I can't, you know, unfortunately, I can't do it for your insurance fee. I'm confused. Do you understand that? I thought if you, if you, even if they, if it's not a covered benefit, you still have to honor that negotiated fee. It depends on your state. Yeah, in, in our state. state. Okay. Yeah, but, but for that code. But that's right. For that code. There's so much that goes in. Oh, for the so cosmetic. For 10 units. Okay. okay. There's so much more that goes into it. There's a wax up. Oh, yeah. There's a custom provisionals. There's staining the provisionals. Yeah. There's a occlusion check. All those things, you just make up fees for them. Okay. Okay. If you want a $600 veneer, I'll give you a $600 veneer. You're going to pay me for my wax up. You're going to pay me for my time. You're going to pay me for my lab communication. You're going to pay me for all this other stuff that goes with it. Right. Because a $600 veneer is not what I'm, what I'm doing in my office. Yeah. Okay, right. does, does that make sense? Absolutely. Like you yeah. may be doing $600 videos. I don't know. That's totally up to you. Dr. Matt yeah. doesn't seem like that kind of dentist to me, okay? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, but what I'm saying is just because you're confined in insurance doesn't mean that you're truly confined to those fees overall. Okay, now certainly on a literally line item basis, yes, you're obligated to charge $620 for veneer. Right. Okay, but that doesn't mean that there isn't a wax up because you're doing wax ups, correct? Sure. That doesn't mean there's not all those other things yeah. that go into those cases. Planning, mm -hmm. you know, PowerPoints, mm -hmm. photos. I mean, not that you can bill for those things, but overall, you can bill for your time. Okay, so there's so much more that goes into those things. Yeah. And, and it's just a matter of being upfront with the patient. Okay, and when you put the plan together, you got to say, hey, listen, your veneer is this, but everything it takes for me to make it look beautiful right. and all that, that's $4,000. Right. Whatever the number is. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I completely agree. And, I like and, that and honestly, when the patient says no to that, for me, I'm unwilling to do $600 veneers. Yeah. I'll say, here's the name of another dentist in MetLife. You're welcome to go see them. Right. I just upfront with patients because I'm not going to bust my butt way, yeah. and be unhappy uh, with the dentistry that I do for that reason. No, you I know, agree. For $600, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I mean, you, lose, you might as well just give the patient money and say, please go away. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I will pay you to I will, I will pay you not to do this case, <laughs> yeah. right? You might as well do that. <laughs> no, I love having these conversations. What else you guys got for me? I'm getting fired up. Man. <laughs> I'm getting I know. Like, of, uh, I mean, this goes along with your aesthetic fee, mm -hmm. um, like a, a convenience fee for CIRAC. Uh, I don't know if that's technically legal or not. Okay, okay? Uh, I've I've never heard of that or done that. I, I look at Sarek as my lab. Okay, quite honestly, it's a convenience for me. Okay, um, because I don't want to see my patient again because it costs me thirty-five to forty dollars just to see them for the seat. Okay, because it, because to pay her to turn over the room to set it up to sterilize <laughs> it, all of that stuff to renum the patient, all of those things for me. I mean that that's the stupidity not to have. CAD cam in your office if you're doing enough restorations to justify the cost of it. Okay, uh, so I don't. I've never done that. That to me is a little bit gaming the system. Mm -hmm. But somebody could turn around and say charging a cosmetic fee is gaming the system too. But I, I don't force my patients to choose that cosmetic fee. If for an anterior crown or a tooth that really needs it, non-elective mm -hmm. cases, 
Okay, you break a tooth, and I'll make you a Sarah crown. Here's the block. This is what it's going to look like. Put up your tooth. Make sure you like it. Okay? <laughs> if I mill it and it's totally the wrong color, I'll mill it again. I mean, I'm going to make work that I'm semi-proud of. I'm just not going to bust my hump for $800 right. for something that takes me two hours to do. Right. Because I, I, I'd be more, more effective doing fillings for two hours than to do a crown for two hours. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, I mean, that that's just how I look. Those are the pure economics. And I think our problem in dentistry is we're letting PPOs dictate how we practice, mm-hmm. okay? It, sh- it, it dictates our fees. Mm-hmm. It may even dictate what patients choose to do, but it should never dictate how we practice and the type of dentistry that we do. Yeah. And I think that's the mentality that more people truly need to get over yeah. on that. And, and then, you know, the next step on that is is to go to medical insurance. There's so much opportunity out there. Hopefully, you know, you saw that. Why we're here. Go to medical insurance for procedures that they pay on or things that you can leave dental insurance available for to do. So, you know, there's there's no shortage of stuff out there. Yeah. I mean, it's just a matter of learning. Uh, What I would tell you as team members is, you know, be patient with Dr. Matt. Okay. The things that he's going to want to do that you don't want to do. There's going to be things that you want to do that he doesn't want to do. But push him. You know, I always say, sell it to me, okay? So, if, if like, my hygienist came to me and said, hey, you know, we want to take this course. I said, okay, what's in it for me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how is it going to benefit our patients? How is it going to benefit the <clears throat> practice? What am I going to see? What can I expect from it? Right. Do you want me to invest $2,000 between travel and all of this stuff to go do something? Mm-hmm. You know, tell me how are we going to get the money back? Yeah. Well, I just want to get my credit. Well, that doesn't, yeah. you can do that online. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, I just want a trip to XYZ. Okay. Well, you know, unfortunately, I don't work that way. Yeah. Right? Um, that, that's called a reward. Mm-hmm. So, so let's reward us in another way. Okay. But, sure. uh, so that's how I look at it. And I, I always try to set a, uh, a goal. Like I'm trying to take all of our team members to Densefly Serona World this year. Uh, so in my mind, I haven't talked to them about it, but in my mind, I have a goal of what it's going to take for everybody to be able to go. There's already two or three people that are definitely going to go with me, but I want to take everybody. Okay, so this is what it looks like to go. And I want to share it with them that this is what we've got to do to be able to justify taking three, four days off of work, two, three days off of work. And for us to go, for me to spend the money to A, pay for you to go, mm-hmm. pay for the registration, the hotel, all of that stuff, and the airfare. Yeah. Airfare. I said, and we want to go. Okay, or for example, our team uh, wants to take a weekend to the beach house. Okay, and I said, great. This is what it looks like for us to go to, a, to the beach house for a planning retreat. Okay, and, and I just say this is we got to do this. Or hey, if we do, you know, something simple, I'm just making, I'm throwing stuff on there. If we get 10 uh, sleep appliances by the end of April or May, then here's a short term goal for you. Right. Okay, and, and we all win. And, and let, you know, I'm a big believer in letting the team pick their own goals. Okay, let okay. you, like, like, what do you think? Let's just play a game here. Sure. Okay, how many appliances do you think it's reasonable to get done by the end of, say, May? So that's Mar- That's that's almost March, April, March May. April, May. Let's call it June. Let's call it three and a half solid months. What do you think would be a reasonable number to get done? Mm. I mean, if we like set delivered. a goal of, oh, delivered. Delivered. Mm, I don't know. I mean, if we set a goal of one a week, four a month, so 16? Okay. 16. That's an ambitious goal. I, that, I know. I was going to say no, that. No, no, like, let's, you saying but let's that be, but, let, but let's be bold. Okay. But no, no. The best goals are bold goals. Yeah. Okay. So let's walk through the Dr. Matt, if they produce 16 appliances by the end of June, would you be ecstatic? <laughs> just slightly happy. Is that, would, you, yeah, would, your like, yeah, would your expression change? Yeah, would your expression change? But I mean, no, I'd be ecstatic. Right. It's not there about the go. money. I'd be ecstatic that we went to something. Just think about it. How many times do we go to education, we make the best effort, and we poop well, out? Yeah. Yeah. Right? We just did that last year. Right. So we, we <laughs> yeah. poop out, right? 
So, yeah. so I don't look as an educator. I'm not. I don't want to take your money and have you not not have you succeed. It doesn't reflect well on me. Mm -hmm. Right. That's why we have our private Facebook group. Okay. I hope you guys join because we. I want to hear. I want to keep track. I want to say, hey, how are we doing? And I want to hear back from Laura. Say, hey, we're sucking at this. This is our challenge. Because selfishly, what it tells me is where we're struggling mm -hmm. and what else we need to create to support you best. Right. And that's really what I'm after. So let's go back to our goal of, let's call it 15. Okay. Okay. Our ambitious goal. No, we have to be bold. <laughs> yes. Okay. We've got to be bold. Okay. Now let's work backwards. We set a goal of 15. Okay. Okay. So that means to me, the, the way I would look at it, what do you think a good case acceptance is? Percentage wise? Yeah. Laura, what do you think a good case acceptance is? 30%, 40%? Yeah. Let's do, let's do 33%. Easy math. Okay. So to get a 33% case acceptance and do 15 appliances, that means we have to put 45 people in the funnel. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. If I put 45 people in the funnel, I get 33%, one third case acceptance. That's my mm -hmm. 15. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I got to put 45 people in my funnel. So to put 45 people in the funnel over the next, so let's call it, March, April, let's call it two months. Okay. Okay. Uh, I need to recognize one patient per day. Okay. Mm -hmm. That potentially is a good candidate for sleep apnea. Okay. Because how many days a month are you working? Four. Four. Oh, a month. A I'm month. sorry. Oh, we only work four days a month. <laughs> no, we work four days a week. So 20, Six, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, yeah. Let's call it 18 days a month. Okay. Yeah. So if we need to, okay, so 18 days a month and the next two months I need 45 people in my funnel, that means I need to recognize three people a day. <laughs> just recognize. I'm yeah. not saying say yes. Yeah. Okay, just recognize three people. Which I mean, from our numbers today, 10 out of 12 people, yeah. I feel like so that's pretty reasonable. Half. Let's call it even half. Yeah. Okay, half our patients potentially have it. So we need to recognize, we need every day our, our, our mini goal. See, our problem, our problem with people in general, me, me included, when we set goals, we set the goal for two months from now. Mm -hmm. But then what we don't do is set the daily goal that mm -hmm. makes the oh, big sure. goal happen, yeah. Okay? yeah. Right? So the big, the mini goal is, is we've got to recognize and convert three people from awareness to the diagnosis phase mm -hmm. every day. Mm -hmm. Okay? So we've got to, ex we've got to extend three people on a, based on 33% case acceptance. Right. Okay? So every day you've got to recognize three people out of 16 in your hygiene department. Okay, that are good candidates to go to diagnosis phase. And then you got to get them to the diagnosis phase. Mm -hmm. Okay, because we know two thirds of them are going to drop out. So if one out of those three continues through the funnel, we'll keep going. Okay, and I don't think three is that, that horrible. I think the biggest hurdle though is going to be the sleep study. Okay. I mean, just so, so let's talk because about we that. don't have great the no problem. technology. Are you, right you're you're going to buy one. Okay, great. No problem. Oh, okay. He's going to buy one. He's committed to it, right? Okay, no problem. He's all in. Okay. See, the do doctors invested a lot of money to be here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's not just the co course tuition because it's not it's not cheap. Okay. It's not expensive, but it's not cheap. It's the hotel. It's the airfare. It's the the you know the trouble he's going to get in from me for being late. You know that kind of stuff. Okay. That's going to cost him money too. All the hazing. Um, yeah. So um, you know, all of those things are going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. So and he's going to now invest even more in terms of getting an appliance. Sorry, getting a sleep testing, okay? Right. So now, I know what you're saying. If I got to put three in, one appliance is one to the person right. I'm right. I know exactly what you're <laughs> thinking, okay? So if I need to put three into the funnel and I only have one machine, but we already know by definition, if we ask three, how many are going to say yes? One. One. Okay, so we got our machine. Now, worst case scenario, one month in, okay, 
See, we, we are so worried about the problem that we don't even figure out that we can have the solution to the problem down the road, okay? Worst, worst scenario comes in. If you're legitimately getting three people a day willing to take the home sleep testing device home, mm-hmm. Dr. Matt, are you going to buy another yeah. machine? Yeah. Absolutely. How fast will you get it? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty okay? quickly. Amazon Prime? Yeah. I don't know if they sell <laughs> two it. Hours, no. Two hours. Two hours, right? Prime now, right? <laughs> but, but you see, we're, so wor- we're always the yeah, but. Mm-hmm. When I, and I, my answer is, you know what? Dude, if, if it's working that well, I'll shell out 2500 yeah. bucks without thinking about it, yeah. right? right? Now, worst case scenario, let's say Dr. Matt's unwilling to invest the money. Okay, let's, for whatever reason. Hey, okay. we're doing a lot of tests and they're not converting into appliances. Okay, because you got to put them into tests to even get them. Into, you know, the funnel is so long. Okay? Right. So then I would say, you know what? Outsource that too. You can outsource home sleep testing. I'm not a big advocate of it, but it's a possibility. Like, how about this? If we, we have four machines... Okay, in our office. If we ran out of all four, Liz better outsource that one. Okay, gotcha. she better find a way. Mrs. Jones, we'll call XYZ company. Mm-hmm. Easy Sleep, whatever the other companies. I don't know which companies are out there, okay? Yeah. And they'll be happy to mail a sleep test to your patient. Okay. Okay, until you can find one. So, for example, like you don't have a sleep testing machine right now. Okay, you won't have one for maybe a week or two. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you can't start right now getting people to line up. Mrs. Jones, we'll get in our machine in two weeks. You want to be first in line. Gotcha. You want to be first in line mm-hmm. for that Friday appointment. Yeah. Okay? And start to have this like when you got your machine and implants, right? Mm-hmm. You had people waiting that wanted to have this done because you started talking about it before it came in. Mm-hmm. Okay? So it's the same thing here. So don't don't miss that opportunity to look elsewhere. Like you're worried, like your first thing is, oh my God, how is this medical insurance going to work? <laughs> don't, worry, don't worry about it. Outsource it. Okay. Okay. I believe in vertical integration. I talk out of both sides of my mouth in a sense. I believe in vertical integration. But when I can't, there's nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. and temporarily outsourcing something. Mm-hmm. Same with the home sleep test, if that's what it takes. I think it's a barrier, personally. Yeah. But especially if you have one and you need a second one, no problem. Yeah. Okay, but if you're literally getting three people a day interested in taking the sleep test and that's what's holding you up, I can promise you, you call me, I'll send you the money yeah. to, to get it. I'll give it to you on consignment. I'll remember that. Okay, I'll give it to you on consignment for a percentage of the checks, okay? <laughs> yeah. For, not longer than nine months, right? Yeah, not longer than nine months. Yeah, I'll give it to you on consignment for a percent. Not even that. I won't even do a payment plan. I'll do it oh. on a percentage of the checks. Okay, I'll take it directly from Hootown, for God's sakes. So, uh, oh, that's what else can we do? I've kept you guys a long time. I know that you've been tired. You've been here two solid days. A little bit less than most other people, but two solid days. <laughs> <laughs> a total of two hours less than I'm messing people. with you guys. I, I really enjoyed you guys being like this. Dr. Matt, I didn't talk to you much, very much, but that's okay. I really enjoy talking to team members. I think, because I think that's the real bottleneck in practices. I think the real bottleneck is the dentist, to be quite honest with you. I think we're afraid of our team. We're not. We're the roadblock. The roadblock. Yeah, I think sometimes we hold our team back. Uh, sometimes we don't have the right answers or whatever it may be. And, and my, my, just try it. What's the worst thing that happens? You lose a little money and at the end of the day, we started, we all started with nothing to begin with, right? When you came out of school, did you have money? I had a lot of negative money. <laughs> yeah, you had yeah. A lot of, but, but have you made it? Yeah. I mean, so, so at the end of the day, you know, I, another soapbox, I apologize. There's a, four, <laughs> there's a four-letter word that got us here, okay, that for some reason we stop doing once we get there, and that's called a risk, R-I-S-K. Dr. Matt, you, you went to college. Did you have any money when you went to college? Did you have any money when you came out of college? Say all those things, correct? We took a risk in life 
to go to school and take on that debt. Mm-hmm. Okay, you came out of school with negative. Mm-hmm. All of us did. Okay, I did too. I, mean, I didn't go to school still. with no debt. Okay, and still, <laughs> listen, I, listen uh, another soapbox. I love it when people say to me, "I'm in debt." You don't understand. I'm like, dude, I'm in four million dollars of debt. Okay, yeah. mine is not school debt, but yeah. you try having a four million dollar noose around your neck. Right. Okay. I mean, you saw my house. You saw our building. We've got other things going on. Now they're all income producing, and we can afford those things. But when people come to me and say, "Oh, I have three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars in debt," I said, "Dude, I have four million dollars in debt. I got a much bigger noose than you do." But it's school. Mine school loan. I'm like, dude, they won't take. They won't put you bankrupt over school loans. Okay. They'll like forgive that shit. Okay. So. <laughs> But yeah, we take risks. We took a risk in school. We took a risk out of school. We took a risk building our practice. And somehow when we hit that comfortable stage where we make good money and we live a good life, we stop taking mm-hmm. risks. And that's why we get stuck at that comfort stage. And that doesn't apply just to the dentist. That applies to team members too. You got a job and you, one day in your life you said, hey, if I can get a job working $12 an hour, I'm going to be happy. Mm-hmm. Or one day if I get a job as an EFTA and I make $3 more, I don't even know what the numbers are. I'm making things up, okay? You know, and I make $3 more, I'm going to be happy. And we stop taking that risk. Okay, because it's a risk for you to get whatever it takes to be an EFTA. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. It may cost sure. money. Yeah. It costs time. And you may, your boss may not give it to you. You may have to sign another job. I, I don't right, know. Right, yeah. Right? There's a risk associated with that, mm-hmm. okay? So risk equals the reward. Mm-hmm. And too many dentists and too many dental offices simply do not take risks anymore. And I'm not talking about stupid risks, okay? I'm talking about calculated risks. So just risk, minor risk, you know, like, hey, I'm going to lose four or $5,000. Yeah, it's going to hurt. It's going to sting, but I'll make it up in a few months. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll work. I mean, at the end of the day, would you work Fridays and Saturdays if that's what it took? Yeah. Okay, there we go. And I, I just want to interject for a second. I, I think Dr. Snipes is the opposite. I think yeah. he is a big, no. you know, he does in, uh, calculated risks, but he, he's the one that really pushes and drives the office. That's so. good because, you know, he's invested in Cone Beam. He's invested mm-hmm. in Sarah. Mm-hmm. Those are risks, right? Mm-hmm. Those oh, are, for sure. By the way, those are big risks. Yeah. <laughs> now, I made the point well, today. We know. You know, I made, well, <laughs> he <now>. tells us. <laughs> As he should. Every so, day. Here's my question to you guys Do you tell the patients? Yeah, actually, I okay. think he's. I, I mean, I think we could be better about yeah. it, but it's not about saying the patient. Hey, no, no, it's not about that. Them. It's okay. about listen. We are so proud of our office for investing in this technology, yeah. mm-hmm. Mr. Jones. Do you know that only five percent of dental offices in this country, if actually less than that, have both of these technologies? Mm-hmm. You know, we're happy. That's why we work here. And the truth is, is the analogy I made was, we all have a quarter million dollars of technology in our practice, more expensive than most people's homes. But yet we tell nobody about it yeah. in our practices. And that falls honestly on the team members to, to tell them, you know, because he doesn't want to toot his own horn. I don't want to toot I my own I think we're pretty good with the CEREC machine. I feel I like we, so, yeah. we really kind of do toot our own horn about that. But the cone well, beam, I think new, we're, sti- so yeah, we're still, still new, man. I, I would have put a sign up <laughs> coming. So think about that. Yeah. Have you ever seen when you go somewhere and there's something new coming? Do they wait to have com- like the coming? Do they, soon, do they so? advertise it? Do they say, "Well, we've only been here six weeks. It's okay that no most <laughs> people go, nobody nobody knows that our grocery store is here for six yeah. weeks, right?" It, it's unbelievable yeah. what's acceptable in our world, but yeah. what's so so far from reality. Like, dude, they they built a Publix here. We it was in the newspaper like 18 months yeah. before it was built. Yeah. There was a sign on the lot saying Publix grocery store coming here soon. So. 
My question is, when you signed, and listen, now is too late, right? No, he did, though. No, no, but when we signed, did we put up a sign in front of that operatory? Under construction, 3D x-ray coming soon? (laughs) I think we sent out an an email or something. We talked about it, because there there are patients that, you know, we're like, we we knew that they... We were getting it, and... Yeah, and so... They needed a scan. anything we do, you know? We could have done better. We could have done better. Absolutely. It's not about you guys. It's about the listeners. Right. Okay, my goal is to the listeners is to say, listen, why don't we promote the stuff we do before we do it? Yeah. Like the day you sign the contract, coming soon, 3D x-ray, yeah. coming soon, single visit crowns, coming soon, a new person. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I, I agree. Yeah. Come, coming soon, new paint job, right? <laughs> you know, something, you know, whatever it may be. It's, uh, it's, it's so much the opportunity. The office got a facelift, coming yeah, soon. Coming soon, new facelift, right? I mean, dude, how many times, I've met people that says, dude, I'm going to get my boob job next week. <laughs> Coming soon, new boobs. I'm like, oh my god! You know why? Why can't it be any? Yeah, I know. I'm like, I don't know any people that do that. Actually, I don't hang out with people. I think I just watch it on the internet. (laughs) Oh my god, this is awesome! Anything else before I cut you guys off? You guys look tired. I'm just just getting going. Uh, Something I will add to the just our last topic with the whole us telling people about the new technology is I think it's pretty cool and maybe we're getting busy and don't remember to talk to them. It's kind of creepy. Um, Don't remember to tell them about it is like they'll ask about it when they walk through the hallway and walk by the milling unit Mm -hmm. or walk by the new 3D scan machine and see all the flashing colors on the back wall. Like they will be like, oh my gosh, is that new? Or oh my gosh, what is that? And that will then prompt us to... Mm talk about it but i like i like that i think that's super cool that that pa- patients yeah. actually notice no that's good because that means your patients love you and love your practice mm-hmm. you know love love everybody there we had people that didn't even get a like because we sent out a, a mass email about hey we have this new technology that allows us to do this and blah 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 with the scan machine um and we had people that you know weren't implant candidates or didn't necessarily need a 3d scan would come in for their cleanings and say Hey, I read that. I read the. I got your guys' email about your new X-ray machine. Can I see it? Yeah. Or you know, like I, I just thought that was super cool. Like, I mean, that's what people makes, actually take well, interest. That's what, what made Doctor Matt buy it, right? Mm-hmm. He saw something cool and it got him all excited. He's like, "Oh my god, that's, that's awesome!" Nice. So yeah. I, it, was, <laughs> yeah. it was the LED. Yeah. I remember when they, they came out with the SL. They're like, "Ooh, do you think people will buy it because of the cool LED light?" I'm like, nobody's gonna buy this machine because it has an LED light behind it. We only about it for that yeah, reason. For the record, <laughs> I just came up with another idea. Okay. You, I heard you mention that you use Revenue Well, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what I want you to do is uh, figure out in Revenue Well you can do where you create where you treatment plan somebody for something and it sends out a follow up campaign. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So one of the things that you can do mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. you can create a fake code in your software called Sleep Apnea Candidate. So anybody that you recognize that may be a Sleep Apnea Candidate, you can trigger a reaction in Revenue mm-hmm. Well mm-hmm. and it will send them an educational campaign. Over three, three, huh. three, three number of three number That's of campaigns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, let's say this is subliminal. Just I'll use orthodontics as an okay. example. Okay, let's say um, you provide Invisalign, clear correct, something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's say you want to do more of that. Okay, so what I would suggest doing is everybody that you see that has crooked teeth, because right now, how would you know if you have anybody with crooked teeth? Do, could you run a report to find out? No. No, right? So we don't know what a book of business, okay? We don't know our targeted audience. I mean, all about marketing, online marketing, marketing today is all about targeting who you want to target, mm-hmm. correct? The mm-hmm. right income bracket, the right whatever it is, the right XYZ, okay? Mm-hmm. So 
if you, you, your assistant, your hygienist, every time you saw somebody that would be a candidate for orthodontics with crooked teeth, you could just press, you could create a code in EagleSoft. I assume that's what you're using, okay? Mm -hmm. In EagleSoft, call it dum 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 XYZ code, okay? And then that triggered a reaction in Revenue Well to subliminally send them emails saying, hey, did you know uh, about Invisalign? Mm -hmm. You know that you don't have to wear braces for 24 months. We mm -hmm. do six months miles. Yeah. We do clear correct. We do Invisalign. And then a month later, it sent another subliminal message. It's called drip marketing. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then four months after that, it sent them another one. And maybe there's a special offer. I'm not a big fan of coupons or anything like that, but maybe there's a special offer for a no charge consultation to see what's possible. Yeah. Uh, and that triggers that. And then if you ever do want to run a special, like for example, last year, I wanted to make the next tier of Invisalign, a providership, and I needed 10 cases. So I, I just wanted to send out an offer to, the, to get 10 cases. Yeah. So I sent out an offer saying, hey, the next 10 people that sign up for Invisalign will give me 500 bucks off. Because I want to make, and I set up because I want to make the next tier. Yeah. Okay, people understand that stuff, yeah. right? You know, the, you know, car dealers want to make their quota for the month or whatever it is, and they're going to, they're going to give you benefits for it. So we sent it out and showed, lo and behold, we had people respond. Okay. But it starts by having a list of people that you can target. Yeah. I don't want to blanket everybody with right. it. Mm -hmm. I want to blanket just the right people with it. Mm -hmm. uh, so keep that yeah, in mind like that about idea. implants, missing teeth. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh -huh. Orthodontics. Sedation, scared, scared patients that sedation is mm -hmm. an option because you do oral sedation because sometimes patients are afraid to tell you they're afraid. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. They're embarrassed to tell you they're afraid. Uh, so don't be afraid to, <laughs> yeah, all the time, right? Yep. It's, it's, uh, it's like, uh, you know, so you want to do that. So anyway, I've taken a lot of your time. Dr. Matt. Thank you. Dr. Matt Snipes, how can people get in touch with you if they want to find out why in the hell you did this to yourself? <laughs> um, Subjected yourself. What's the name of your practice, by the way? Uh, we're called Capstone Dental. Capstone Dental downtown in Columbus, Columbus. downtown Columbus, Ohio. It's actually a nice area, by the mm -hmm. way. Thank you. Uh, and your, 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 your personal email address, if you don't mind me saying? Oh, yeah, no problem. It's uh, Matt Snipes. M-A-T-T. S-N-I-P-E-S. Okay. Like Sniper, but Snipes. <laughs> Snipes. Matt Snipes, DDS at Gmail. DDS at gmail.com. And Laura, you, you have a practice email? Yes. Okay. It's contact. C-O-N-T-A-C-T. Mm -hmm. at, at capstonedowntown.com. Yes. Capstonedowntown.com. <laughs> I kind of think about it. And Cassie, yourself? I don't have an email. Whatever. Okay. We don't, nobody wants to get in touch with you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't just, want anybody to get in touch with email. <laughs> just email R in the last name at capstonedowntown. <laughs> dot com uh, yes. uh, thank you and I think we should give a special thanks to Hutan for participating yes. in our program here today thank so, you for your participation Hutan, that, that was very nice <laughs> of, uh, yeah you really, really killed it yeah <laughs> thank you guys so much thank for your you. extra time today thank I appreciate you. it thanks for having us thanks so much for listening to T-Bone Speaks with Dr. Tarun Agarwal remember to keep striving for excellence and we'll catch you on the next episode Hey, podcast family, T-Bone here. Are you a dentist looking to elevate your practice and profits? Then pay close attention. Introducing the 3D Business Mastermind, the dental business coaching program designed for dentists who want to see real results. I've walked the path of practice ownership for nearly 25 years. I know your challenges. I felt your pain. This is your opportunity to overcome the chaos, the busyness, and the financial frustrations of owning a dental practice. Imagine a dental practice where your appointment book is highly productive, doing the dentistry you enjoy, 
your team is self-motivated, and your profits keep climbing. That's what the 3D Business Mastermind is all about. In this exclusive mastermind, you'll join a league of ambitious dentists driven to elevate their practices. You'll gain access to proven strategies, personalized coaching, and a community that understands your journey. So if you're ready to supercharge your dental practice and enjoy the success you deserve, visit www.3d-dentists.com and take the first step towards a brighter future in dentistry by filling out the 3D Business Mastermind application. Now, let's get to this week's episode.